0: Have you ever bought a used car and bargained for the price? How about negotiated a salary or try to agree on a curfew with your teenager? What strategies did you use in these interactions? Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we look at negotiation, because whether you're an employee, a parent, or an FBI hostage negotiator, psychological science can give us tips for how to successfully navigate a negotiation. So I must confess that in practice, I'm a terrible negotiator. I'd rather just pay $80 for an old bookshelf on Craigslist than respond to the ad for a similar one listed for $60 or best offer. Those are my most feared words. For me, this is probably due to a lack of practice and a dose of social anxiety. And I'm not alone. Many people shy away from negotiating because they fear backlash, they feel embarrassed, or just lack confidence in their ability to do it. But negotiations can't be avoided. They exist in our personal relationships, our professional advancements, financial marketplaces, of course, and political structures. I mean, just ask the members of Congress trying desperately to reach an agreement or not with the opposite party on an economic stimulus bill. Our success in these life domains is often more affected by our willingness and ability to negotiate than maybe we'd like to think. So what bargaining tactics have you tried? Of course, there are some tried and true ones like being willing to walk away or aiming high first so you can ultimately split the difference. But these strategies alone don't provide the type of negotiating power necessary for navigating complex deals, emotional situations, or sustainable relationships. For these, we turn to psychological science for some pointers. Tip number one is to talk less, listen more, and empathize with the other side. Sometimes we think negotiating well means being able to talk our way through something, dazzling the other side with persuasive arguments and winning phrases. But as psychologists know, a much more powerful force in any interpersonal interaction is empathy. And this is not just an academic psychology concept. Chris Voss, former FBI hostage negotiator and author of Never Split the Difference, swears by empathy. In his book, he details how he would spend most of a hostage negotiation simply listening and sometimes asking open-ended questions so he could better understand the person he was dealing with. Voss didn't try to convince kidnappers to let hostages go with point-by-point arguments for why they should— Instead, he empathized with how scared they must be feeling and how frustrating it was to have things go wrong. This empathy, making a personal connection to genuinely try to understand the other side, makes the conversation less of a fight. When that happens, the other side is more willing to work with you, not against you. Not only that, when empathy is involved, people are less likely to engage in unethical behaviors during negotiations, such as lying, spying, and sabotage. So, you're actually doing yourself a favor too by empathizing with the other side. So, whether you're trying to negotiate an appropriate amount of video game time with your teenager, or trying to come to an agreement with a coworker who maybe isn't pulling their weight on a project, you can start by genuinely trying to understand the other person's perspectives and feelings. Then reflect those feelings back to them so they know you get it. All right, now that you understand the other side's emotions, tip number two is to use your emotions wisely. Emotions are an interesting part of negotiations, they can both help and hinder. But generally, research shows that expressing positive emotions during a negotiation builds trust. And improves problem solving, whereas negative emotions like anger can tear down trust. However, what's doubly interesting about anger is that its effect depends on whether it's real. If you fake anger, the other side will see this as a strategic use of emotion and take you less seriously, resulting in them making higher demands. On the other hand, if you experience genuine anger, the other side may actually give in a little bit more. This means that you should always be authentic with your emotions with an effort to cultivate positive ones for real. If you do feel angry, you can feel free to express it in an assertive but not aggressive way if the situation is appropriate. For example, if your boss has been promising you a promotion for years but keeps finding excuses to delay it, you may let your frustration be known through assertive and professional communication. This lets your boss know to take you seriously in the negotiations to come. All right, now that everyone's emotions are clear and well taken care of, let's talk about some tactics. Tip number three is to try the classic tactics of foot in the door or door in the face. These are two classic psychological techniques for getting someone to do what you want. The foot in the door and the door in the face. Researchers have been demonstrating the effectiveness of these approaches for decades, and they're actually equally effective in general. First, put yourself in the shoes of a college freshman. You're going off to college, and you want to get your parents to buy you a new computer. You start out by asking for small, reasonable items for college, like a new backpack. Then you gradually increase the size of your requests until you get to the thing you really covet, the new laptop. This is called foot in the door because you get the negotiations going off to a smooth start with some easy-to-agree items. Meanwhile, your negotiating partner is getting used to saying yes and becoming increasingly invested in helping you. By the time you get to the laptop, your parents may think, oh well, I've already invested so much in helping him succeed at college, I might as well go all the way with a laptop that will run fast. An alternate approach is to start out by asking something ridiculously out of the question, like a new car. Your parents would turn you down and explain why this is unreasonable when you try to bargain with them. After this, they may feel like a nice laptop is no big deal compared to what you initially wanted, making them more likely to say yes. But beware that if you use these tactics too often, people might start to catch on. Now let's look at tip number four, which is to give people a sense of control. People don't like it when they're forced to do something. They like it much better when they come up with the idea to do this thing themselves. Or at the very least, they want to feel like they had a choice in the matter. This is why good negotiators, instead of pushing hard on the you should do X message, always back off a little bit and give people the freedom to make their own decisions. For example, Someone who's bargaining with you about a coffee table on Craigslist may offer, I've also got a stool that you should take. It goes great with that table. A more effective approach might be, if you're interested, I'll throw in this stool for 20 bucks. Totally up to you. You're free to take the table only. Researchers have found that adding this little, but you're free to, increases the other side's willingness to buy in. And next is tip number 5, which may be my favorite out of all of these tips for today, which is to pretend that you're negotiating on behalf of someone else. Research shows that women ask for less money than men in salary negotiations. This happens in part because there's a stereotype that women are bad negotiators. When women are reminded of the stereotype, we negotiate less effectively. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We also tend to fear backlash and worry that our counterparts will think negatively of us. But one way to counteract these barriers is to pretend you're negotiating on behalf of someone else. Research shows that we are just as good at negotiating as men when we're advocating for another party. So, whether you're a rising star negotiating your salary or putting in an offer for a house, pretend you're an agent negotiating on behalf of your client. And you may be surprised by how effective you are suddenly. So after all these tips and tricks, I really want to end on a more general note about long-term relationships. And this is tip number six, which is to invest in the long-term relationship rather than emphasizing one-off wins. Sometimes it can feel like a negotiating is a face-off between players, and the only goal is to win the zero-sum game. There are times when this is the case, like when a tourist tries to bargain with a street vendor on the price of a trinket, or a hostage negotiator talks to a kidnapper. They meet, they haggle, and whatever the outcome, they never see each other again. But in reality, most negotiations take place in the context of ongoing relationships, When you negotiate salary, you're doing so with a current or future employer or at least someone in your field that you might want to network with, so you don't want to burn bridges. When you negotiate who's doing which chores with your partner, you don't want to sacrifice the relationship for just a win either. That's why it's sometimes necessary to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. What's more important, getting 5% more on that contract? or maintaining mutual trust with an ongoing business partner. Investing in the relationship and the trust between the parties will result in more productive outcomes for both parties in the long run. At the same time, recognize patterns of exploitation. If your counterpart keeps taking advantage of your willingness to acquiesce to tough deals, or keeps trying to get just one more ounce of work, one more hour of labor out of you for free it's time to either firm up your boundaries or reevaluate the relationship if you consistently play fair and also stand up for yourself you will end up having mostly productive relationships and successful negotiations and like with anything with practice with investments you'll become more confident and more true to yourself as a negotiator with time Thank you so much for listening. I'm so curious to hear about your negotiating experiences. Tell me about it on social media. You can reach me on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm at Psych and also at Wu PhD. Let's trade stories about successful negotiations or, you know, just share tips. You can also keep in touch with me through the Savvy Psychologist newsletter. And The Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much again for joining me, and I'll see you next week for a happier and healthier mind.